Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's podcast is Bob Dylan, founder, CEO, and president of Main Street Equity. Thanks, Bob, for joining us today. Well, thank you, Mario. It's a great pleasure to see you after so many years. I've been interacting with you in the newspapers, and you've written many articles from the when Main Street was a startup. Um, it's, yeah. it's just a great honor to see you again after so many years. Well, thank you. Now I'm blushing. <laughs> so tell me, Bob, uh, let's let's start the conversation here by uh, maybe describing to, to people what Main Street Equity is and what it does. Well, Main Street is a lot of things, but I'm going to try to hit the high level uh, important elements of Main Street. One, we are in the apartment building business, but we only buy apartment buildings that we can add value to. Mid-market, Western Canada, add value. So let's define Western Canada. West of the Great Lakes, Winnipeg, West. Um, add value, we buy only distressed assets that we can go out there and improve the life of middle-class Canadians. We reposition these assets. In return, we increase the top-line revenue, right? Mid-market, 80% of the apartment buildings are smaller in size. Let me define smaller. They're like 70 units, uh, 40 to 100 units in size. And so they fall into the sweet spot of a little bit bigger than the average mom and pop can afford and a little bit smaller than the institutional capital. But this 80% of the market is mid-market. So institutional capital seems to be swimming around Ontario and Quebec. Institutional capital is focused on the 20% of the market. Mm -hmm. So the 80% of the market has got less competition. Western Canada has got less competition. And add value product has got less competition. But adding all those three things is the greatest return for the investors. Mm -hmm. So what is uh, your reach right now like in terms of uh, your portfolio, Bob? How many units, how many buildings do you have? First of all, Mario, one thing I want to define, we are not a REIT. Yes. We are the only corp among the multifamily index. What is the difference between a corp and a REIT? REIT redistributes the income that comes in to the shareholders and corp reinvests. And we've been compounding double-digit returns uh, since the inception of Main Street, which we put on the front page of our annual report. So if you compare our double-digit returns to the blue-chip companies, you would see that maybe we have outperformed most of them. Oh. So how many units do we have? 17,000. Another 17,000 apartment units. Now, one misconception out there is that we are an Alberta company. Actually, 42% of net asset value is British Columbia, which consists of uh, suburbs of Vancouver, New yep. Westminster, Surrey, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, then we into the Okanagan Valley, Kamloops, Penticton, uh, Vernon, we in Vancouver Island and exotic places like Comox. And we purchased our first building Oh, we also the market drivers of Prince George, and we've just purchased a first building in Nelson, British Columbia, the old famous Nelson. Yeah, yeah, my old stomping grounds, my very first job in journalism in Nelson. 
<laughs> I didn't know that. What do you What do you think of Nelson, Mario? I love Nelson. Uh, it's a It's a great community. Uh, you know, it's it's smaller, obviously, but but it's uh, it's uh, it's got a great landscape uh, nestled in between the mountains there, and uh, uh, and it's got a very uh, uh, a vibrant uh, downtown now. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I always loved it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the history of Nelson, it was built by the Americans during the mining operations of late 1800s. And so they've got, they built it as a unique American city. And then yep. um, the draft dodgers came and the, yep. uh, after uh, the Vietnam War or Second World War, I don't know, whenever the draft dodgers yep. came. And it created a, a unique, vibrant, artistic community. Yeah, exactly. So it's probably it's probably only it's got the uh, most vibrant nudist beach in the Okana in the Kootenays and the Okanagan Valley. So that I, that yeah. wasn't the reason why we bought our first building in Nelson. We bought our first building in Nelson because of the supply supply demand dynamics, and it is probably the prettiest city in North America. Yeah. I can't yeah. find a prettier city. Yeah, no, I agree. So tell me how this all began. How did Main Street start? Uh... So, Mary, as you know, the generation I belong to, it wasn't the generation of Facebook and Amazon. It was a generation of uh, you, you get into the oil business or you get into the real estate business. And uh, our icons were um, Donald Trump and Reichmans and all these great real estate tycoons that existed. And as a kid growing up, I wanted to be a real estate entrepreneur. So I started flipping houses at the, at a very young age at 19 because nobody would give me a job. And Calgary was uh, at that time, very large disproportionate amount of properties were in distress and foreclosure. So I borrowed money from um, what we call today mes lenders they were called equity lenders, or yeah. some would call them loan shark. So I'm not going to tell you who they were, but they uh, they continued the journey, and they uh, used to borrow lend money to me at 18 percent and three points up front, and I and I took a chance on buying two distressed homes at a very young age. I think I was in my uh, early 20s or late 19. I don't even remember. We fixed them up, and I sold it. And I made fourteen thousand dollars, so I think fourteen or seventeen thousand, and it was all the money in the world, and that was it. And that was in a depression, Alberta time, yeah. and then I kept doubling down on that seventeen thousand, and today we have three billion dollars worth of assets. So took very little money off the table in terms of dividends or lifestyle or buying a jet uh, or an island in Belize. I took most of my resources and kept doubling it down. Right now, we have a um, fabulous company with a great management team, uh, supply chain logistics, diverse and like diverse portfolios in nine geographic locations, and a proven uh, business model, which is Western Canada mid market at value. So, um... When you obviously a lot of uh, probably ups and downs as any business would have uh, uh, during your lifetime, what would you say, uh, Bob, got you through the downs uh, in in markets and and got you through the sort of the down cycles in uh, in say your business? Actually, Mary, that's a great question. Um, downturns affected our cash flow 
but gave us opportunity to expand. But more importantly, it's, it's the asset class that's resilient. I'd like to take, me and my management team would like to take credit for having a, a great team and we can survive, we can swim upstream and we can fight all the odds against us and we can survive the uh, negative oil prices and COVID, uh, national energy plan and <laughs> low uh, uh, pipeline fiasco, the politics and Alberta no-fly zone, all of the issues we've yeah. gone through in you know, uh, the last two decades. But the yeah. real answer is this is a bulletproof asset class. Wow. Why? It trades below replace, replacement costs, supply demand imbalance. It's not like an A-track tape or a obsolete technology. It is always going to be in demand since yeah. historical time. We are, we are modern day cave. We pro provide uh, accommodation to middle class Canadians. And now we, you know, certain things really help because we've had 40 years of no supply or very little supply. We trade below replacement cost. We've got, uh, Population, immigration, foreign student, millennials, um, everything that could possibly, the wind's behind us. So we get lucky once in a while and low interest rates, that sometimes helps. Um, oil, high oil prices, that helps. People move in. But one thing is, that's changed, Mary, I like to plug this in. Historically, like I'm telling you, I know you grew up in Calgary, so did we, so did I. When we were growing up to Calgary, people came to Calgary to work. And if the work dried up or the oil prices dropped, boom, bust cycles, people moved out. The last cycle, people never moved out. A population grew in, in the downturn. Interesting. And the reason is, is it's pivoted to a lifestyle city. I want to live here. Historically, I wanted to work here because of the opportunity. Now I want to live here and I'll create the work. So the people who get that pivot, like I do, they'll double down, they'll double down on Alberta, Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon, Regina, uh, Western Canada, and all the cities we're in. Yeah. But people who don't get it, and more so Calgary and Edmonton, and people who don't get it, they still think of us as Fort Mac. Like Calgary and Edmonton is Fort McMurray. Yeah. But if you have you if you ever been, have you seen all the technology companies moving here and lifestyle and vibrant young population and entrepreneurial spirit? Calgary is the Austin, Texas of Canada. Even with all the odds against us I mean, with low oil prices and no fly zone in Alberta. Including the music scene. <laughs> and 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 the misconception of how non-inclusive Calgary is. Yeah. It is a very inclusive city. A great example is our, look look at our elected politicians, look at our mayor of Calgary and Edmonton and yeah. historical mayors and all that. So it's, it's this is all news of what Calgary, Calgary has emerged. And that's why I like to call it the Austin, Texas of, um, of Canada. So, Bob, when you look at the, the current situation and the fundamentals, you mentioned immigration. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, another uh, another factor out there is the housing affordability in the, in the country, uh, et cetera. All the fundamentals 
seem to line up nicely. The stars align for for people like yourself in the multi-family, uh, multi-residential rental market. Where do you see the company going into the future? Uh, obviously, con more continued growth, more acquisitions for you? Absolutely. As long we trade significantly below replacement cost, this is the safest asset class to invest in. The day we hit close to replacement cost, we're going to be competing with new supply. And when the new supply comes in, the party's over. But we got a long ways to go yet. Yeah. Now, I want to give you a couple of data points, Mario. 70% of Canadians make less than $50,000 a year. 50% of working Canadians make less than $50,000 a year. So the affordability is a supply issue. It's uh, wages have been somewhat stagnated for the last two decades that yeah. didn't catch up to compounding inflation, right? And we got restrictions on supply, zoning, density, supply chain, labor. Mm -hmm. So lots of potential there for you to grow. From, from us, how often do you get double digit returns? on many metrics on a safe asset class. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a speculative tech company or a mining company. It is a safe asset class. And yeah. we've, we've rode the roller coaster on economic cycles, political cycles, oil cycles, but we have learned to diversify. Yeah. So we don't get caught up again. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about, um, uh, do you find, you know, besides some of these, uh, these fundamentals that we've just discussed, do you find also that there is a, a, a more of an appeal these days for people who actually want to rent rather than buy? Forget the other factors involved in costs, uh, you know, but, but just the lifestyle. Uh, is there a, an increasing demand for that? Yes, uh, Mario. Because 44% of our population are millennials. Millennials are not thinking of buying. They're thinking of lifestyle and hanging downtown and uh, hanging out of the coffee shop. And they're yeah. the true nomads. Hmm. We, we, not only we add mid-market add value Western Canada, we are just like my sign says behind me, we create inner city living and improve the life of middle class Canadians. So what does inner city mean? I am attracting those millennials. I'm attracting those domestic students, foreign students, immigrants. And the immigrants are a lot different from the immigrants of your parents when they migrated here from Italy. Yeah. The immigrants today bring... They bring a debit card, an iPhone, and a laptop, and a, and a back, and a, they buy a bicycle. So they, they've got Starbucks in their backyard, and they've got Starbucks here. And that's, that's they identified. They, they identify with inner city. It's, mm. a, it's a different type of immigration. Mm. We've got the old connotation of immigration. It's not. It's, it's, a, it's truly a global village. Wow. Most of the cities in North America or the world, sorry, look the same. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So, Bob, 
tell me a little bit about uh, other stuff that you do. Like, <laughs> I know you're involved in a lot of stuff. Uh, so give me give me some of the highlights, or give our our listeners a couple of highlights of uh, other uh, things that you are involved with. Mario, I'm involved with. I live and breathe Main Street. That that's why this company has been. Humbly speaking, a very somewhat successful company. And lately, our stocks run up as well. And we've survived the ups and downs. But I have different types of hobbies because it's not work for me. It's a passion. And I enjoy coming to work. So um, my hobby, uh, which has become my second passion, is a country of Belize. And I'm developing a 3,000-acre off-grid eco Township there in Ambergris Keys. Um, it's and it's it's got multiple names because it's a big site. So it's called Secret Beach a Residential Subdivision. It's called Costa del Sol and so forth. And we are building a a, a, a what do you call tropical getaway for nom- nomads there. So they go out there and they build these funky houses in the middle of the jungle but uh maybe two minutes walk to the beach and they go out there sit there and they create their world they create yeah. their businesses they create their then uh their tech people the modern day economy and they want to live in belize and they want to live in uh near place called secret beach and that's and people are free nowadays we are that we are restricted in our mind our generation is in prison because of our mind. Yeah. These guys are free. They're going to Bali. They're going to Belize. And uh, they're going all over the world. And they can open up their laptop and they can work. Yeah. And Bob, you, um, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, had a business school named after you in Lethbridge. Tell me what that meant for you. And Right. Um, I want to start off by saying I'm a proud Canadian proud Albertan and I wanted to give back to a country as an immigrant that gave me so much gave me education healthcare infrastructure and opportunity to make money uh, and so what do I do next what do I do next is to give back to Canada that's given me so much so I had the opportunity to get a business school named after me uh, in U- University of Lethbridge, which has got two campuses, one in downtown Calgary, one in Lethbridge, at an AACSB credited university. So they changed the name to Dillon School of Business. But my objective was not to give money and for my ego and have my name sake on a business school. But my objective is to change the curriculum of this generation mm-hmm. so they can adapt to the new world. So we are changing the course line. I'm not, but the yeah. faculty is. And uh, Dean uh, Carey, who has done an amazing job on changing the curriculum and we're attracting new students and finance programs and technology programs, asset management, and so forth. So we've been very successful, but it's an incremental change on the change of the curriculum to make it, so make it easier to navigate in this new world. Mm-hmm. So, so Bob, when uh, you know you you've been in this bus- uh, in business for a long time, uh, what would you say some of the key uh, 
elements are to, to being a successful entrepreneur, being a successful business uh, person? I think the challenge for today's generation for being an entrepreneur or a businessman or an invest or an investor is analysis paralysis. We have a generation of overeducated business people, overeducated entrepreneurs. And even if they're not educated, they have access to, you know, go on to Google or podcasts and listening to people. They are, they're not taking chances. They're not what you call taking risk. Now, let me define risk a little differently. Buying Bitcoin is, I don't define by taking risk or investing into the stock market. I'm talking about creating something, creating a business, creating a vision, creating a strategy, you know, being entrepreneurs. All our businesses around there were created by entrepreneurs. Yeah. Everything was created from uh, uh, from Amazon to everything was in the garage or Steve Jobs had no money. They, they created from a thought process and a vision and determination. Um, so, People are confused with that determination and investment to investing in Bitcoin or the stock market or speculating. Invest in yourself, invest in a concept, seed it, and then wait for the success. Now, we're also dealing with a generation of instant gratification. Nobody wants to get into delayed gratification. So they want instant success, instant relationship, instant coffee, everything instant. They got to, you know, it's just like working out. You got you to gotta sweat it out for a year or two years or three years or never give up. Yeah. Yeah. How much is, um, you know, you talk about analysis and data and all that type of stuff, but how much of... It is also gut going by. It's all gut because you cannot tell the future, right? If you could tell the future when the oil was negative, did, did you think a year later it was going to be hitting close to 100 US? If it did, everybody would be investing in oil. Yeah. Right? We, nobody can tell the future. And it's obviously some things are blatantly stupid to invest in, but I get that. But nobody can tell the future. you got to believe in yourself and your passion. And that's what's missing right now. Like I would be out there uh, now. And there's too much emphasis also on startup on technologies, and um, which is important. Technologies are important and startups are important. Don't confuse what I'm trying to say. But there are other businesses too. End of the day, technology enhances all the businesses. Yeah. Right? It is an enhancer. It is supposed to make it efficient. But you still need the core business to make things work, Miriam. Yeah. yeah sure. And 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 some some old school businesses, I think there's going to be a global food security. We have the yeah. uh, we could be feeding the world. Alberta, Saskatchewan. Commodities. The population of the world's not dropping. It's going up. Clean water, fresh air, tourism. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Bob, is there anything uh, you wanted else you wanted to mention before we sign off today? First of all, Mario, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to tell the Main Street story. I I think. 
Canada is the greatest country in the world. Alberta is the greatest place within Canada and Saskatchewan. I think the co- I think there is a lot of smart people moving west. And like the old saying, go west, young man. If I was a young guy struggling in Ontario or BC, I'd be catching the next flight, WestJet flight to Alberta, Saskatchewan, and becoming an entrepreneur like your parents did and my parents did. They were visionaries. I call them mini Columbuses. And these mini Columbuses should get on the bandwagon because the future is Canada. And within Canada, the future is in the West. Now, I'm not discounting uh, secondary centers, not secondary, smaller centers in BC as well, like Nelson. I just bought a building in Nelson. We love these centers. Um, I I think Canada Canada is the future. We'll be feeding the world in commodities, resources, agricultural product. I think just like the uh, nomads of Belize come into our development, we're going to have the smartest people on the whole planet migrating to Canada because of fresh air, good people like you. All right. Well, thanks very much for that, Bob. And, and thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Mario. All right. That was Bob Dylan, who is founder, CEO, and president of Main Street Equity. I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, managing editor of Canada's podcast, uh, having today's Calgary's podcast. Thanks for joining us.